Welcome to the New Mexico Motorsports Report, presented by Yearwood Performance, Albuquerque Dragway, the Unser Racing Museum, and Swope Real Estate. Your host, David Swope, will be talking about events happening around the state and on the national scene, whether it's got two wheels or four wheels, pavement and off-road racing, or park and shine. If you are into it, we are into it. Call now, 994-1017. That's 994-1017 to get into all the action. Now, here is your host, David Swope. Good morning and Saturday morning, Emmys. It's time for the New Mexico Motorsports Report. I'm your host, David Swope, and we'll be talking about automotive and related motorsports activities around the state and on the national scene. Whether that's two wheels or four, asphalt or dirt track racing, off-road or park and shine, we'll be talking about it. This is New Mexico's only show devoted to motorsports-related activities with a full hour here on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. And we have a super full show, so we're... We're going to jump right into the Law Tiger event calendar. Uh, first off, good morning, RJ. Morning, morning, Dave. Doing good, doing good. A little chilly this day, but hey, it's November and it's about that time, you know. Absolutely. So uh, let's let's talk some drag racing. Yeah. So Albuquerque Dragway, guys. There's only two racing days left. So this is kind of, I mean, all out, you kind of got to be there today. So today is going to be November 12th. The Yearwood Performance Street to Strip is what they have with the New Mexico Mopar Club being out there, where it's going to be from 11 to 4, while tomorrow is going to be that awesome King of the Track. It's a bracket race that's going to go on. That's starting at 9 a.m., so great early start to Saturday morning. A lot of great races. I have the bracket kind of listed right now on Facebook Live. But, hey, awesome stuff. That year was going to finish this year off with a bang at Albuquerque Dragway. Go out, support some great drag racing. Yeah, and they could walk away from a Wally with a Wally from this event. So definitely want to uh, uh, mark your calendars for that tomorrow. Uh, and uh, let's see. So the only other thing, next weekend you have the annual Gobbler uh, down at Alien Speedway. Yeah, I mean, Alien, they always have some great events kind of prepped up and everything rolling, and that's just one. It's their third annual. It's a big show-out event that they have going on. So, hey, next weekend, go out to Alien. It's going to be November 19th, so right around the corner, guys. All right, and a Veterans Day show going on today. Yeah, so uh, there's not too many car shows that happen in November. I mean, it's just that time of year, but there's a few that always kind of sneak in. So one in TRC is kind of where... The Veteran Day is going to be the day after, so it's from 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. going on today. After a two-year hiatus, the event is now uh, by a different organization, but it's going to have a great car show return. It's going to have a lot going on at the Albert J. Lions Event Center out in TRC. So it's a fun day event from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Go out and celebrate, support some veterans, have a good day with cars. Can't beat it. So you got one uh, going tomorrow as well. Yeah, so this one I kind of found out it's actually at the Rust's Gold Coffee that we that's right in our kind of neck of the woods. Yep. It's our first annual. It's the 218 Hold the Line Car Show. So it's going to be benefiting the law enforcement canine unit, and it's going to have an event for the Coats for Kids. It's a great turnout. It seems like everything they're revving up for this event. It's in a it's in honor of a Michael A. Levison that's going to be out there. But it's from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. November 13th, so tomorrow at the Russ's Gold Coffee on Eubanks. So go out, support a great car show for a good cause. That's fantastic. And in a moment, we're going to have uh, uh, Scott Welch join the show. But I wanted to start off by uh, running an interview he had uh, last weekend with Marty Logan. But I'm here to talk about this guy, Marty Logan, who has been the face of drag boat racing. If you watch any of the Lucas Oil drag boat racing series on TV, you're going to see Marty Logan. And we were out here in Phoenix this weekend, and we didn't make more than one run. We tore out so much stuff. 
oh my god we tore up so much stuff we didn't make more than one run without tearing something up but it made it made the last pass of the day today it made it all worthwhile we lined up with the the liquid voodoo and the top alcohol top fuel hydro yeah sdba match race series that we started in san angelo and I've been talking to David Carroll, and I talked. I went over and talked to Todd yesterday, and I said, or I talked to him, you know, between now and San Angelo. I said, let's do that again. That's so cool. The yeah. crowd loved it. The crowd went wild. I bet I've had a thousand people ask me, "What are y'all going to do that again?" That yeah. is so cool. So I said, "Well, let's do it again in Phoenix." And so Saturday at the end of qualifying, we lined them up and we did it again, and. Kevin came around me, but unfortunately, he red lit on that round, oh, so we won the second round via red light. Okay. So, it's one apiece now. One Kevin one. won the first one, I got the second he one. He went 272 on the first pass. He went 272. Yeah, that's Y'all bad. That, that's that, bad. That's so, bad, dude. That, anyway, uh, today, race day here in Phoenix, we, our damned old driver... He messed up, and we went out first round. And Kevin went out first round. So I walked over to Todd after we were both out first round, and I said, Hey, here's the deal. We're one apiece. We need to settle this. Let's close the show today. He goes, Your own. Your own. I'll get mine ready. You get yours ready. We're going to close the show. We're going to make the last drag boat pass in Firebird Lake in history today with a top alcohol boat wow. running top fuel boat. Very We're going to cool. do it. And we they 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 got their turnaround done and they got it done and the sun's going down. Yep. And we get out there and we line them up. My guys had to change ahead on my boat, got it ready. We got out there and we lined them up and countdown starts and we take off my boat takes off great. Hit shift light comes on, and I shift it, and I'm about 900 feet, and I hadn't seen the fuel boat yet. And I'm going, come on, baby, come on, baby, come on, baby. And, you know, and I look, I look over about a thousand feet, and I don't see him. You know, and across the finish line, at about a thousand and three feet, I hear a drag boat down a radio. Woo! You got him! You got him! You got him! <laughs> Oh, man, it was epic. It was epic. The last pass. The last pass on Firebird, me versus Fuel Boat, and we got him. And, you know, we ran like 207, and Kevin ran 242, but he didn't catch us. Right. So, and, oh, it was epic. I was just, oh, I mean, I was just, just hooping and hollering. Awesome, man. You know, what was so cool, I just told you a little while ago, was after the race, you know, the, the the jet ski picks up Kevin, and we're hollering, good race, good race, and then the jet ski doesn't come get me. And I'm sitting in the middle of Firebird Lake in my boat, and it's like a heavenly experience. I mean, there's not a breath of wind. It's getting dark. The full moon's out, and I'm just, and this is the last pass on in the history of this rich, rich history racetrack that they've been racing on for 50 years right. the best of the best have raced here the best of the best have won here and here i am 
sitting in the middle of this lake in my boat, just being a fuel boat on the last pass, and it's like I'm just soaking it in. I'm relish, I'm basking in the glory. I'm relishing the moment, and it's like a perfect moment that never that this happens only every once in a while. I mean, it was beautiful, full That's moon, awesome, not a breath of wind, and it was just. It was heavenly, Scott. Awesome. It was just oh man, something to be thankful for, man. It was, it was, awesome. and uh, I was just thankful for the moment. I was thankful that that God put me in that situation, and uh, it was just one of those moments that happens every once in a while in your life that you just go, "This God did this." Yeah, you know, you know He did this. He put me in this moment. And I'm right. so thankful for the blessing that... Well, Marty, I'm thankful that you've taken the time. I'm thankful you're my friend. And we thank you for being on the New Mexico Motorsport Report on ESPN 1017, The Team. All right, so in the studio now, uh, Scott Welch. Um, uh, Scott, I think we're going to have to amend this, uh, uh, the the morning liner with the two wheels or four wheels. I mean... What do we got to put a rudder on there, or what, what do we got to add to that? We're covering all the gamut, man. We got rudders, two wheels, four wheels, whatever you want. Absolutely. So, uh, <laughs> Marty Logan, uh, top uh, alcohol uh, fuel drag boat racer. Um, yes. I, I got to ask you, I mean, you, you've got that great electric car, and I'm thinking, I don't know if we can do electric on water yet, right? But uh, I mean, did you take did you take your Tesla up there or did? Well, I've been thinking about in? doing electric on water, but uh, no, th- this trip uh, the wife was wanted to leave the Tesla at home, uh-huh. so I had to get the the old Benz out of the mothballs and uh, took it over to my buddy at the Silver Star Auto House, uh, Paul. Uh, uh, got me ready to go. Had to do a little service on it and stuff. Man, those guys are awesome over there at Silver Star. So I really appreciate them. And if you got a Benz or or a European car, man, take it to those guys. They do they do great work. So uh, really appreciate those guys helping me out. But yeah, we took the Mercedes, pulled the trailer, and brought the KTM with me. My awesome. my 990 uh, uh, pit bike. Very nice. So yeah, it was a great trip and. Uh, Man, it was some great drag boat racing, and to to sew up uh, the legendary track that's been there almost fifty years. I was at the first race, and cool. and what what's been deemed to be the last race. So, well, we're going to catch up with Kevin Kinsley um, on the other side. So, everybody, stay put. We got a whole lot more coming up on the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio one hundred one seven. The team. Hey Albuquerque, this is Brian Erlacher. You're listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report with David Swope on ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team. Hi, this is Al Unser, four-time winner of the Indy 500. You've been listening to David Swope of the New Mexico Motorsport Report on ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team. The pit stop is over. Let's return to the New Mexico Motorsports Report on Facebook and at nmmotorsportsreport.com. Now, back to the New Mexico Motorsports Report, presented by Yearwood Performance, Albuquerque Dragway, the Unser Racing Museum, and Swope Real Estate. Here is David. All right. Welcome back to the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Um, and uh, last week uh, at uh, Wild Horse Pass, or a lot of us know as, know as Firebird uh, Lake, was the last ever um, running of the 
um, the race boats out there. And so we, uh, uh, Scott Welch also caught up with uh, Kevin Kinsley, and let's, uh, let's catch a little piece of that. All right, I'm here at the uh, 2022 SDVA Drag Boat Nationals. I'm with the man here, Kevin Kinsley, driving the Top Fuel Hydro Liquid Voodoo. Bring us up to the day. Now, when did you start racing drag boats? Uh, well, I was 14 years old. My, uh, my mom and dad had a, had a jet boat, and uh, I wanted to race motocross, and they didn't want me doing that because all my buddies were walking around in casts and broken collarbones and stuff. <laughs> and I wanted to race motocross. They said, no, nah, let's do something else. And I said, well, let's race drag boats. And they said, okay. So we, we did that. For quite a few years together as a family, my brothers well, always went. Boat? Yeah, well, then we we got a hydro and okay. we progressed up, and then we so got a different hydro and with an Aries motor in it. And okay, so now you started. So you start driving a drag boat when you were in 14, your teens. Yeah, no 14, kidding. Yeah, we actually had to be 16. And my parents had to lie for a couple of years. Oh, but oh right, right. I did it with my family. They, like they knew, but oh yeah, you know, and we actually bought a couple of boats from Mike McCarthy that owned the ADVA at the time so you know it all kind of went hand in hand but it, it was a it was a family deal and my mom my mom was involved with the SDBA back in the day and no kidding yeah yeah so it was a neat That's deal so cool. uh and like I said it was a family program so about 84 and my dad had enough and then after that I just kind of been a hired gun like I am today I oh, started really? driving for other people and okay had some success and, and we've uh progressed from that and I, I, yeah, <laughs> I uh, actually after this season we won the SDBA Top Fuel Hydro Championship, so I'm a 16-time champion and nice. from, from competition hydro up to Top Fuel Hydro. I so, got yeah, you. So cool. Very lucky with having some good rides. Had some bad rides too, right? but you know it all kind of goes hand in hand. We'll bring it up to this weekend. Okay. I came up to the boat, and the first thing you basically told me about the boat was you guys are putting brand new. Um, uh, struts and prop shafts and props on it. Now, what, how did that come about? Well, we had some issues at the last couple of races, and uh, we actually uh, cut some material off the back of the struts, moving the propellers forward. We've having some issues with it splashing too hard and it puts water on the windshield. I can't see where I'm going, right. basically. And then, of course, it's going in the motor and it's getting on the ignition and everything. Oh, else. yes, yeah. It's not good for a for a boat deal <laughs> no but uh anyway so it's just uh <clears throat> we're trying to change the balance on the boat basically okay. and, and trying to change make, the way it sets yeah type thing. and the way it landed and stuff like that so, right um we'd actually brought them back to my shop i built those struts 12 years ago for another customer that they're still going today oh really but, yeah they're just uh we try to make them when you don't have to use them one time and just I buy my I make out of really good material, yeah, aircraft sure. material and stuff. Sure. Because sometimes I'm special stainless steel. No, it's it's, it's all forty one thirty. Okay. Yeah, and right. uh, it's all aircraft material. Okay. Because you never know, I might want end up driving one of these yeah. one day. So I try to make it like I'm going to drive it. You know, yeah, and sure. I, I try to make everything the best I can make. Every sure. Day. So, so that's how we got into doing that, and and I think we're. Uh, I don't think we gained anything over the weekend, actually. I mean, it, it ran really good yesterday for that one run, and we stuck a bunch of weight in the back of the boat trying to help it carry the nose, and right. it helped it. And then today we had some ignition problems on both passes. So Oh, you did? Yeah, and then the last pass was having ignition problems, and it sheared the bottom blower pulley boats off, so the motor oh, just no. shut off. Oh, you know, okay, so, that's what happened. 
yeah. which I didn't know what happened. But yeah. and I, I saw obviously I got pictures of the first pass and I saw the water. I've got shots of it. Yeah. Know? So yeah, but when it you know you're probably losing fifteen hundred fifteen hundred horsepower per cylinder if it doesn't light. So right. at the hit of the throttle, that's why the boat didn't leave good. That's why it splashed so hard. Yeah. You know? But you're still in race mode. You still got to get it A to B. Yeah. You know, you so that's why I'm still trying floor. to sure. hang in there, and it's still one oh, yeah. twenty or something. So. You know. Well, I mean, you let's talk about the pass. You went 272. So the first, uh, uh, was it a qualifying pass? Uh, yes, it when, was. When was like a, actually, was Saturday, that's right? That's when we were running Marty for a uh, match race deal. Oh, yeah, the first uh, match race. Yeah, because it didn't count. Because we ended up running 1,000 feet. We don't normally run 875. Yes. Yeah, and that was just a special deal the insurance let us do that one pass this weekend. So oh, okay. it was fun, you know, and... I, I love going fast in these things, you know. Yeah, it, was, man. it was cool to get to do the extra footage to get two seventy two yeah. serious business, yeah, man. Yeah, it was fun, man. I, what does that feel like? Well, you know, you know what it's like <laughs> going across the river with a, a fifty mile an hour fast boat. You know, yeah, it feels like you're doing a hundred. You know, but yes. This thing here, it feels like you're doing four hundred on the water. Yeah, it's amazing. I love it. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for taking time to visit with me. I've enjoyed getting to know you shaking hands with you and thanks for doing this interview all right man i mean that's fantastic i mean this is a perfect you know segue of course uh the nhra uh finals is this weekend and we're actually going to go out to pomona um in the next segment and catch up on that uh but kevin kinsley i mean um that that's tremendous and i i was jokingly talking about how we needed to add, you know, a rudder or something to this. But see, that's a perfect example of high performance is high performance. Um, and to me, how you connect that um, and do it on water—that's that's that's like Jesus level. That's like walking <laughs> on water, right? I don't right. get. I don't get it. Um, can you try and put in perspective? Um, I mean, how that horsepower. Uh, translates on on water versus you know being on asphalt. Yeah, it's crazy because they're using the basically the same motor and top fuel. Uh, you know, Kevin just took down Clay Milliken a few weeks ago yep. in the rail. You know, Kevin, that's you can go listen to the interview I guess on the website right. later. But right. um, you know, he took out Clay on the pavement just a few weeks ago before he got in the drag boat. And uh, it's basically the same motor, a contemporary top fuel motor with 10,000 horsepower. Wow. I mean, the the fuel line on the thing is the size of a radiator hose. They per- burn uh, 8 to 10 gallons in 1,000 feet. And uh, and it's a, it's a direct drive um, into a V, into a split. The top fuel hydro's got a W drive. It goes into two propellers. Uh, you know, it's got makes so much power. You need another propeller. Wow! And so that actually, the top fuel boat has twin propellers, and uh, it's nuts, man. Well, uh, talk about that that match race because you had you had a top fuel hydro um, and a top alcohol. Yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, what, what's the difference really? Because you were talking about what, like, you know, three thousand horsepower to like ten thousand horsepower. Yeah, Marty. Difference. I think Marty's boat's got about four thousand horsepower. The top alcohol motor, um, burning methanol alcohol. It's it's kind of the same setup. Um, obviously, the top fuel motor's stronger, but um, for about four thousand horsepower in the top alcohol boat to ten thousand horsepower. So they're in a thousand feet. You got about a second difference marty runs uh low to mid fours and then the top fuel boat runs 
low to mid threes. Wow. I mean, they're so quick. Wow. It's, it's just crazy. That's absolutely so. uh, phenomenal. And, of course, uh, they're still going to be running over at Lake Havasu. But um, to see another track, another lake, if you will, right. um, close, I mean, this is this is just so frustrating. But what was it like to, to be there for the, the, the final race at, at a track that you basically grew up at? Right. I mean, I, you know, I was at the very first race there in 75, and, you know, my dad made the first time pass on the lake. And to be at the final race... Almost 50 years. I think it's like 46 wow. or 47 years later. This is 1975. Yeah. In 2022. So it um, sounds like math to me, and it's way too early. So <laughs> way we too got early. you. It was a long. It was it was a long time ago. That's right. It was a long time ago for sure. Yeah. I was 11 years old at the first race, so you can do the math and figure out how old I am now. I guess. Yeah. But um, it was a special thing to be there, and it's not. From what I understand, I don't. I haven't talked to anybody official. Is that the state's taking the land, buying the land from the, uh, uh, you know, from the uh, the Indians there, yeah. and they're going to be doing a highway system. So it's from what I understand. If what I hear is the truth, it's not an optional deal. It's going away. Yeah. So well, um, but if you want to go and listen to the uh, the complete interview, because. Uh, believe me, we we cut out a lot of good stuff as you were just talking yes. about there. It will be available on the New Mexico Motorsports Report website um, cool. later today. Uh, right. Now that we've done this interview, then then we can put the, um, the un- unabridged uh, version there. But, cool. but it will be away, uh, available. Um, I mean, but you had some beautiful photographs too. How, how would people go and be able to um, check out the photographs? And dude, the the one that you know where where Kevin was walking the thing. Um, I mean, that, that's a scary looking, but yeah. incredible shots. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I'm on Facebook, and uh, that's where to see these pictures. So if, you just, if you're in Albuquerque and you want to find me, Scott Welch, motorsport photojournalist here in Albuquerque, and do a friend request, and then you can see some of the shots that I put up there. And then my website, scottwelchphoto.com. And you can see uh, some of my highlights in there and get a hold of me, uh, my phone number and, and my emails there. Um, that's how to get a hold of me, David. Awesome. Well, of course, uh, got a cover going right now, too, right. with Reggie and uh, Margaret Tibbetts. The Bugs. Um, of course, uh, you know, a couple of other um, covers you've had earlier yeah, this Ron year. Carver, 69, awesome Camaro. And, of course, we're uh, getting ready to go into the indoor. That's right. Jason got Jason Anderson there. So, Mr. Uh, Kawasaki. A lot of good stuff. So, hey, thank you for everything you do. Um, thank you, Dave. And we really appreciate it. Um, and uh, we'll see if we can get those hydro pictures in the next magazine. Um, Sounds good, man. Looking forward to it. All right. So, on the other side, we're going to actually go out to Pomona, California, uh, to the uh, Auto Club racetrack where the NHRA finals are. You've been listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio. 1017, the team. Hi, this is Al Unser Jr. You're listening to the ESPN Radio 1017, the team. ESPN Radio 1017, the team, with David Swope. The fastest radio host in the West. The pit stop is over. Let's return to the New Mexico Motorsports Report on Facebook and at nmmotorsportsreport.com. Now, back to the New Mexico Motorsports Report, presented by Yearwood Performance, Albuquerque Dragway, the Unser Racing Museum, and Swope Real Estate. Here is David. All right. Welcome back to the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. 
And some of these seasons start all the way back in February, and here we are um, in November as we're uh, going into the um, Auto Club NHRA Finals out in Pomona, California. And so catching up with us is Susan Wade. How are you doing this morning, Susan? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day here in Southern California. It's going to be a great weekend, great weather. It's very little bit cool. Great. That means great ETs, big uh, I was going to say. saw yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, uh, Brittany Force uh, picked up six points yesterday, um, two on the first session and four on the final session with a time of 3.64 at 338.94 miles per hour, um, extending her lead to 13 points over Justin Ashley. Um, I talk, talk about that. I, I think it's, it's pretty much, even though it's so close, I mean, it's pretty much uh, Brittany's to lose at this point. Oh yeah, definitely. I I think the funny thing about her her season and her countdown is I would have to call her the Teflon top fuel driver because she had a terrible start to to the six race countdown and in the first four she she lost in the you know first or second round what you know second round I guess and it was it looked terrible for her and she every year she has one good race and she's back on back on top you know and 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 starting to widen that gap a little bit so so yeah justin blanked on the bonus points yesterday and and she took advantage of them so well and and as he you know in uh in in funny car of course uh none of the the top guys were able to pick up points um in the initial uh uh kind of pre-qualifying uh session but uh uh, Justin Ashley, um, it's not a name that's very familiar um, to to a lot of the uh, NHRA fans out there. Can you tell us a little bit about um, about Justin and and how he's made such a run this season? Yeah, he's well. He has Mike Green in his corner, and and now Tommy Delago this year. And and uh, well, I guess he came out uh, you know, towards the end of last year. But um, and those guys have a lot of countdown experience, and this is. Only the second countdown for Justin because he sort of broke in full, you know, full time during 2020, and they didn't have a countdown. So he's just still getting his feet wet with countdown um, procedures and all that, and, and getting the feel of that, the vibe of that. But he's 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 a really smart kid. He's a really studious kid, and he's 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 the real deal. He is definitely the real deal, and he hasn't been around long enough to, to uh, for for a lot of people to know who he is. But he's he's really he's had a great run. I mean, he started he started the year here with a victory, so so he's kind of hoping to bookend that with a, a victory and a and a championship. But for a young a young team, that's that's pretty impressive. Absolutely, and so we're sitting here, and not mathematically removed, but about 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 as far out as you could get. Um, Steve Torrance, defending champ, um, kind of a rough season. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because he—I know he, middle of the season by the by the middle of the season he was getting really ir- irritable about people asking him, when are you ever going to win a race? Like, when, <laughs> what, you know, and, and he was, but he told everybody he was very, you know, transparent about what what he's doing. Like he he finally learned that. You don't have to blow everybody away, run into the countdown, and 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 he, he just he, you wait, you wait until it made the countdown work for you because it never really, even though he won four championships in a row, he he never felt like the cha- the, the countdown system helped him, and he was pretty he's been pretty vocal about that. But so this time he took a little bit of a 
a little bit of a different approach and said, well, we're just going to, we're going to, Put our eggs in the countdown basket, and mm-hmm. and I think I think it just took them longer than they thought to find what they needed to find out. So, so they. But he told me that we're we're experimenting, we're testing, we're trying new things because you have to you have to to you know change things. You can't just do the same thing forever and ever and expect it to work because everybody else is catching up. Mm-hmm. So he he spent most of the year. Trying to, um, try to, to improve what, you know, what he already had. And I think they tried this and tried that. And I, I think that they just kind of ran out of some time, you know, so, mm-hmm. so it's it sort of, it's sort of that approach sort of bit him a little bit, but I don't think it was a bad approach. It just maybe discovered things that, you know, that he, he didn't expect to encounter. So he, he, he fell behind and he had a couple of bad races and that knocked him out. Didn't seem to hurt Brittany, but it, it did Steve. So, yeah. So when we, we look at, you know, this time of year, of course, um, a lot of teams are trying to, you know, finish out their season strong. Other teams are already starting to gear up basically as, you know, I mean, Torrance, what they could carry over into next season. Um, what, right. what kind of silly season talk? Um, is there out there in Top Fuel? I'm sorry, what, what kind of one is well, it? Well, in other forms of racing, we call it the silly season. The off-season, oh, uh, people changing teams and stuff like that. Is there is there much talk out there? The, well, the, the one team I think we need to keep an eye on is that Maynard family team of Tony Schumacher's. Because um, my understanding is that Bob Tasca's crew chief's uh, Mike Neff and and John Schaefer have, have already committed to go over and tune Tony Schumacher's car, and that Aaron Brooks is going to be Bob Tasca's Senate car tuner. So um, I I think I think with the shakeup over there, the changing of the guard over at DSR, and, and, I, and Joe Maynard coming and Joe and Kathy Maynard coming in, I think that's going to be a team that's going to be really improved next year. I think everybody else is, um, they're, they're already good. They already know <laughs> what they're doing. The Antron, the, the Antron Browns, they already, they already, I mean, Tony Schumacher knows what he's doing, so I didn't mean it that way, but, right. but, but he, the hierarchy, it, it has changed for him. And I, and I think now he's going to be more in the mix like he used to be. And, and, but you got Antron Brown and you got, you know, Joseph Ashley again and you got, you know, Steve Torrance is coming back strong, and whatever he learned, I'm sure he'll be motivated because in 2017, when he lost that championship to Brittany Force, he came back and won every race and every everything in the countdown. So, so he'll be he'll be plenty motivated, that's for sure. But you're right; I think even on the funny car side, Chris Pedregon has already talked about being, you know, testing for next year. Mm-hmm. You know. So yeah, yeah. People are well. If you're not, if you're not seriously a title contender, you're you're going to be thinking about 2023. I think absolutely. So how can people follow your work this uh, this weekend? Uh, get up close and personal with uh, with your coverage. They can uh, they can see it on Auto Week, um, and then they can see it mostly on Competition Plus. That's where I got most of my stuff this weekend is on Competition Plus. But um, yeah, the that's CompetitionPlus.com. So um, 
Yeah, and then there will be follow-up from it um, in Speed Sport and in um, at Auto Week for sure, and and a little bit in Drag Zine. A little, did a little bit of cool. sportsman stuff for Drag Zine. So, it's, yeah, yeah, lots, lots going on. Excellent. That's another thing. That's another thing is that I think you got to watch this Tony Stewart team. Right. You know, Matt Hagen. Matt Hagen is really has really um, done a great job. I mean, putting them in title contention their their first year in business. But I I have to think that something is going to happen. I, I've not heard any rumblings about anything changing at Leah's uh, Leah Pruitt's team. But I I I have to think that with all the resources that. Tony's got that. I'm thinking that Carter's going to perform better next year. Mm. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with it exactly because they keep saying they're finding things, but it's not really translating. And she's lost some close ones too. So I, I think that car is going to be step up a little bit more next year as well. Well, what do you think about Tony jumping in um, in a, in a rail car? I mean, is that is that, that going to cause problems at dinner? Or I mean, I, I know they're different levels, but uh, but you know, hey, you know, maybe you need to drag the brake here a little bit. Or so. I, I, you know, I, I just kind of wonder what the, what that's going to do on the relationship side. Oh, with him and Leah. Well, mm-hmm, I, it's mm-hmm. real. It's really funny because racing with your spouse is probably is probably a little weird. We see a lot of it with Angie and mm-hmm. Matt Smith because you know, the, I mean, she's improved, but. You always wonder: Is he giving her the best car? I mean, is he or bike? Is he giving her the better bike, or is he keeping that for himself? You know, because he gives him better than she is. But so, and he's tuning him. So Tony wouldn't be tuning his own car, right? Right. But yeah, so that's that. That would be that would be a point in everybody's favor, probably over there. But um, it's it's funny because they people will say, "What is?" You know, they ask Tony, "What?" When you, before you made your first competitive pass, what, you know, did you guys, did you guys, what did Leah tell you this morning? And it, well, we didn't really see each other. You know? right. So she's doing her thing, he's doing his thing. And, yeah. and I asked him, I said, is it weird for you to, you know, you've always owned your own stuff. Not always. No, that isn't true. But in Sprint Car, he did drive for, for Glenn Nibel. But, but he, you know, it, by and large, he, owns his own stuff yep. and and it's his own team and, and I said you're driving for the McPhillips family in Top Alcohol Dragster and I said is that a weird thing he said no I like it I can go over here and be away from my other team and kind of do my own thing and I think he said that helps him focus a little bit better so yeah. it's been fun having him around though because he really genuinely enjoys drag racing he's kind of mad at NASCAR anyway right now but I think he even if he weren't, I think he really likes the atmosphere. He and, and he makes friends with people who, you know, this sounds terrible, but people who are just average, average Joes. I mean, he's not like he's not like hobnobbing with only the leaders of the sport. He's he's talking to everybody, grassroots people, and I, and, and I think that's really helping him kind of go back to his own roots. I, I, I don't know. I think, he, I think he sees something in drag racing that reminds him of the street car days and the ninja days and the dirt and the silver crown and stuff. And I don't know. That's just my – he didn't say that, but I, I, I kind of think so, you know. I, com- I completely agree with that. And, hey, thank you so much for uh, catching us up on Top Fuel, um, the, uh, the uh, closest point race um, for the finale. Uh, thank you so much, Susan, and we'll, uh, we'll definitely catch up with you down the road. 
That would be awesome. You guys have a great weekend, and and we'll 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 talk some more drag racing later. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. All right. Well, we're we're going to shift gears, as they say, and actually talk about the um, NASCAR final uh, from last season or from last weekend. Uh, as a matter of fact, because it's, it's hard to believe I actually haven't been on in the last two weeks because we've had so many events and other stuff going on. So on the other side, uh, we're going to catch up with uh, John Fjeld uh, with the racing experts and talk a little uh, wrap-up on the NASCAR. You've been listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio. 101.7, the team. Hey, race fans. This is NASCAR team owner, Coach Joe Gibbs. You're listening to David Swope on New Mexico Motorsports Report on ESPN Radio. 1017 The Team. Hey Albuquerque, this is Joey Logano, driver of number 22 Shell Pennzoil Ford, and you're listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report with David Swope on ESPN Radio Albuquerque 1017 The Team. The pit stop is over. Let's return to the New Mexico Motorsports Report on Facebook and at nmmotorsportsreport.com. Now, back to the New Mexico Motorsports Report, presented by Yearwood Performance, Albuquerque Dragway, the Unser Racing Museum, and Swope Real Estate. Here is David. All right. Welcome back to the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team. And the end of the 2022 NASCAR season uh, ended up with a uh, championship race of four. Had four had an opportunity uh, Joey Logano uh, had them all covered. Of course, lucky enough to have mm-hmm. a liner for the show from uh, Joey. But uh, joining us now is Jonathan Fjeld. You were uh, you were out in Phoenix, man. I mean, what'd you think of the all the championship races? It was some good race, and uh, you know the Xfinity and trucks a lot of multi groove pulse racing. Uh, trucks a little more beating and banging. Xfinity yeah. a little more closer racing without the contact. A cup. Uh, Joey Logano, I've, I've never seen someone run away with the championship race as much as he did, but it was a well-deserved championship. Yeah, a little bit of controversy, right? Um, you know, the whole wingman thing as to whether uh, Blaney was uh, Blaney was covering his um, his back door with uh, uh, with uh, um, with Chastain coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I I note I was talking with Spencer the other day, and mm-hmm. I noticed one thing, and I'd like your opinion on it. Um, yeah. Coming out of turn four, uh, going to the the checkered flag, uh, Ryan Blaney actually got into the wall. Now, I I wonder if that had anything to do with the Chastain, uh, was it, uh, Hail Melon? Um, and, oh, yeah. And if he was trying to block the wall from Chastain coming around the outside. <laughs> did, did, did you catch any of that? You know, I heard a little bit of radio communication. <laughs> I think I think it was from Blaney who said, you know, we, we don't think he's going to pull the move. Don't worry about it. But I think it was still kind of instinctive of Blaney to do it. But, you know, I think that just boiled down to strategy for Blaney. Right. He clearly, you know, he had a fast car. Yep. But I, I think risk versus reward. He could have gone up there and taken the win right. and gone by Logano, but it would have put Logano in dirty air, would have dropped him back to Chastain. Lost the championship. I, I think it was just very strategic and ended up working out pretty well. Uh, he, even though he did hit the wall to try to block the Melon Man <laughs> Part Two, right? Hail <laughs> Melon. Yeah. Well, and and I mean, you know, of course, you know, prayers out to the uh, the Gibbs family. Um, but but talking a little bit, you know, about and I'm not going to say team orders, but 
um, talking mm-hmm. about you know the awareness of having the team um, on there, and of course with uh, mm-hmm. uh, with with uh, Ty uh, taking out uh, Jones, um, Brandon Jones, um, in the race leading up mm-hmm. to there, um, and it was quite a battle. I mean, you did have uh, Gregson that was really was really trying to catch up to Gibbs. But other than that, I would say, you know, Gibbs kind of, you know, had the field covered in the Xfinity Championship. They really did. You know, and you go back to when Kyle Busch would run the Xfinity Series, and Phoenix was always a track where it seems like they have the speed. I think Kyle Busch had a race there where he led every single lap. So, JGR just brought the speed. That's all there was. You know, I, I think that JRM put up a good fight all things considered, because typically in those races, we've seen JGR run away with it. And also, too, I, I just have to say from personal standpoint, too, it was awesome to see Ty get that championship and get that photo with his dad, his mom, of course, before everything that happened. I thought that was really touching. What was it What, what was the, it like? I mean, that I mean, that was <clears throat> surreal to me because I, had yeah. on the, I was driving home from Vado, um, it was down there for the uh, Twister Tribute race. Um, it was fantastic down in uh, Vado, New Mexico. Uh, listening to the interview with Coy, mm-hmm. uh, everything, I mean, you know, seemed normal, seemed fine. He was very introspective, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, was also able to say some really now um, important mm-hmm. and, and um, things to Ty um, and about how proud he was and everything like that. And then to have that that bizarre yeah. news that it took a little while to figure out what was going on to begin with. Um, I mean, what what was mm-hmm. the mood in in the uh, um, in the press box and and basically the media center? I think there was a sense of shock, you know, because when everything came out officially that Coy had passed away, we were all shocked because he had just come in there, like you mentioned, talked to us, seemed very normal, was proud of his son. Um, I kind of take you a little bit through, you know, we were going, we were at a tweet up with Bob and Jeff and Jordan and they looked at each other and they went straight for the media or straight for the garage. And on our way, we heard, you know, something about Ty Gibbs, something about that, went over to the garage stall or kind of gathering the details, different things like that. It was a crazy scene because it boiled down essentially to whoever could fit in the car because Brandon Jones was there. Daniel Hemrick was there. A.J. Allmendinger was there fitting the seat. I even saw Tyler Reddick walk over at one point. I, obviously, he wasn't going to fill in because he was already in the eight. But just a crazy scene. Finally, Hemrick got in the car. But then when we found out the news, it was just – it was really crushing. I know one of my friends, like, he couldn't even watch the race just because, you know, watching it just reminded him of everything that was going on. So just, you know. Crushing, crushing, shocking. I think those are two best words to describe it all. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, so, I mean, you've been doing a lot of work uh, with the the racing experts. Give a little shout out to the team over there. Yeah, you know, a uh, uh, new father, Dominic Adagon. Yes. Uh, of course, he runs the site. We've been doing it together for, oh gosh, 12 years. Uh, Justin Malillo also there. Uh, Colby Evans, Adam Kuhn, uh uh, all those guys, uh, Kyle Stevens, uh, Frank Romero, Dante Ricky, uh, all, report, all, all reporters and photographers. Uh, we were on a good ship over there. It's, it's fun. It's yeah, insightful. Uh, go check us out, theracingexperts.com. Awesome. Well, I definitely appreciate that. You got any uh, silly season stuff you're working on? Ooh, uh, 
<laughs> uh, nothing to report quite yet. <laughs> yeah, I think I think everybody's going to take a couple of weeks to kind of regroup a little bit, and then, uh, and then we'll get back to it. I had had a lot of silly season stuff uh, going this weekend uh, or uh, this season, but hey, definitely appreciate you uh, coming on this morning, and uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on the the racing experts and uh, any stories you might break there, man. For sure. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. It's always a fun time. Awesome. And that was uh, Jonathan Fjeld. Uh You can uh, catch him over at the racingexperts.com. And I do want to give a, a, a shout-out. We have had a lot of stuff going on the last couple of weeks. Um, thank you, uh, you know, uh, Steve Haydu, uh for sitting in um, and running the show. And, of course, uh, uh, having Gene Grant come out and handle the show when we were actually over at the, the, the Big Hooters car show. Um, and what a tremendous, a tremendous success that was. Um, had so much fun. Um, and was it, it was so happy to be a part of of bringing that back. Um, we ended up raising um, over two thousand um, dollars for uh, the uh, breast cancer um, awareness and research uh, with the Get a Hoot, uh, Give a Hoot, not Get a Hoot, uh, Give a Hoot um, campaign with the Hooters. And of course, last weekend the Trister Tribute, um, and we made these um, really cool uh, vintage programs. Uh, that we had out, and it was neat to see the twister um, and the stripper um, on the the racetrack. But next week, uh, we'll have uh, other things to talk about. We're getting ready to do the indoor season uh, for uh, for motocross. Um, I think I heard something about European NASCAR is going to have some sort of ice racing and stuff. So we got a lot going on. But we'll uh, catch you next week on the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio. 101.7, the team. Thank you for listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report, presented by Your Wood Performance, Albuquerque Dragway, the Unser Racing Museum, and Swope Real Estate, here on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Join us daily at nmmotorsportsreport.com.